Now, the VOA Special English Program, American Stories. Our story today is adapted from a book for young people called Shiloh by Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. Ms. Naylor won the Newbery Award for Shiloh. It is the highest honor for a writer of children's books in the United States. Here is Shep O'Neill with the story. My name is Marty Preston. I'm 11 years old, and I live with my parents and two sisters. We live in a little four-room house high up in the hills above Friendly, West Virginia. It's Sunday, and we're having us a big Sunday dinner. My sister, Dara Lynn's dipping bread in her glass of cold tea the way she likes. My other sister, Becky, pushes her beans up over the edge of her plate in her rush to get them down. Ma gives her a scolding look. Just once in my life, Ma says, I'd like to see a bite of food go direct from the dish into somebody's mouth without a detour of any kind. The best thing about Sundays is we eat our big meal at noon. Once you get your belly full, you can walk all over West Virginia before you're hungry again. On this afternoon, I was walking on the road next to the river when I see a short-haired dog, white, with brown and black spots. He's not making any kind of noise, just slinking along with his head down. A beagle, maybe a year or two old. I name him Shiloh. But that's Judd Travers' beagle, says Dad. He got himself another hunting dog. We'll drive him over to Judd's. Dad opens the door of the Jeep, and Shiloh leaps onto my lap. When Dad crosses the bridge, I can feel Shiloh's body begin to shake. He's trembling all over. When we get to Judd's place, Shiloh jumps onto the ground. The dog connects with Judd's right foot. Shiloh makes a crying sound and runs behind the trailer, tail tucked down, belly to the ground. Please don't kick him like that, I say. All the way home, I can't speak a word trying to hold the tears back. I want Shiloh because he needs me, needs me bad. A few days later, I hear the noise I know is Shiloh. Soon as I see him outside my house again, I know I'm not going to take him back. Not now, not ever. But for now, I got to keep Shiloh a secret. Up the hill, in back of our house, I make a pen for the dog with some old wood. I manage to take a piece of potato and some cornbread up to Shallow before it gets dark. I tell him he's my dog now, 
and I'm not going to let anybody hurt him again, ever. I prayed to Jesus, trying to figure out what to do. Jesus, I whisper, which you want me to do? Be 100% honest and carry that dog back to Judd so that one of your creatures can be kicked and starved all over again, or keep him here and fatten him up to glorify your creation. The problem's more mixed up than that, though. I'm lying to my folks. I'm not eating the meat I've put away after supper. Every bit of food saved is money saved that could go to buy Dara Lynn a new pair of shoes. Then Ma won't have to cut open the tops of Dara's old shoes to give her toes more room. But the way I figure, if it's food from my own plate, I would have eaten myself, but give to Shiloh instead. What's the harm in that? A lie don't seem like a lie anymore when it's meant to save a dog, and right and wrong's all mixed up in my head. One day, I sneak up the hill to see Shiloh. His pen is still a secret. I'm lying there pitting his head, and he's got this happy dog smile on his face. Nobody else loves you as much as a dog, except your mom, maybe. I figure I'm about as happy right then as you can get in your whole life. That night, I hear Shiloh making a noise up on the hill in his pen. I hear a loud yelp and a snarl and a growl. And it's the worst kind of noise you can think of, a dog being hurt. By the time I reach the pen, I see this big German shepherd dog with Shiloh on the ground. There are footsteps behind me, and I'm bent over in the light of Dad's flashlight, crying. We take Shiloh to Doc Murphy in Dad's Jeep. Hardest thing in the world is to leave Shiloh there. Second hardest thing is to climb back in the jeep with Dad afterward. Dad studies me. You can keep that dog until he's well, that's all, Dad says. Then we're taking him back to Judd. Shiloh's getting well at our house when Judd comes by in his truck. Somebody goes to the dock the other day and sees a beagle lying out on his back porch, says Judd. So I ride over to Doc's this evening, and he tells me it was you who brought him in. Judd stares down at Shiloh, at his bandage and the shaved place where he's all stitched up, and the rip on his ear. Look what you done to my dog, he yells at me, eyes big and angry. I want him back by Sunday. On Friday, I'm on my way to talk to Judd when I see a deer. Then I hear the sound of a rifle crack. The deer goes down. I can't move. One part of me wants to go to the deer. The other part knows that somebody's out here with a rifle shooting deer out of season when it's not legal. 
and before I can decide whether to go on or turn back, out of the woods, on the other side, steps Judd Travers, rifle in hand. When he looks up, I'm right beside him. Deer ain't in season, I say. There's a $200 fine for killing a doe. Not unless the game warden finds out, Judd says. And who's going to tell him? I'll tell him the deer was eating my garden. All at once, I realize I got Judd Travers right where I want him. I'll tell him different, I say. Come off it, Marty, Judge says. I'll give you half the meat. I don't want the meat, I say. I want Shiloh. And you're saying, if I let you keep my hunting dog, you're going to keep this deer a secret, Judd asks. Yes, I will, I say. Well, you got to do more than that, boy, because I paid $35 for that dog, and I want 40 to let him go. Judd says, and I want it now. You work for me and pay it off. I'll pay you $2 an hour, and that comes to 20 hours. I'll do it, I say. Close I get to home, the bigger the grin on my face. I slide into my chair, and I almost have to push my cheeks in to keep the smile from going all the way round my head. Went to see Judd Travers, I say, and I'm buying his dog. Ma turns to Dad. You know, she says, I think it's because Shiloh was hurt. Judd figured he got rid of a lame dog. And at last... Dad begins to smile. Now all we got to worry about is how we can afford to feed him as well as ourselves, he says. But there's food for the body and food for the spirit. And Shiloh, sure enough, feeds our spirit. Monday afternoon, at 3 o'clock, I'm waiting on Judd's porch when he pulls up in his truck. You see that corn, he asks. I want the dirt chopped up so fine I can sift it through my fingers. Now, I see what he's getting at. He's going to make it so there's no way I can please him. Monday of the second week, it seemed like Judd's out to break my back, or my spirit, or both. This time, he's got me splitting wood. To tell the truth, I think Ma's right. Judd would have sold Shiloh to me by and by because the dog has a hurt leg and don't walk right. Judd's the kind that don't like that in a dog, same as he don't want a scratch on his pickup truck. His truck's got to be perfect to make up for all the ways Judd's not. The last day I worked for Judd, he keeps bothering me, making me do my work over. I start off for home, not feeling too good in my chest. Just a minute, says Judd. 
He goes back inside and comes out with a dog's collar. Might be a little big, but he'll grow into it. You got yourself a dog, he says. Goes back inside and don't even look back. I get home that evening and Ma's baked a chocolate cake to celebrate. I'm thinking how nothing is as simple as you guess. Not right or wrong, not Judd Travers, not even me or this dog I got here. But the good part is I saved Shiloh and opened my eyes some. Now that ain't bad for 11 years old. You have just heard the American story, Shiloh. Your storyteller was Shep O'Neill. This story was adapted for Special English by Karen Leggett from the book written and copyrighted by Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. The book was published by Simon & Schuster in 1992, all rights reserved. Ms. Naylor wrote two more books about Marty and his dog Shiloh, Shiloh Season, and Saving Shiloh. Listen again next week at this time for another American story told in special English on The Voice of America. I'm Faith Lapidus. Mm-hmm.